much. Um, it's really good to be here this morning with those of us who are here in the building, but also everyone who's watching on the live stream as well. And, um, and I just want to say thank you as well. Welcome and thank you to um, you, Levu. Thank you for your words. And we will let them settle in us as we kind of think about them. And, um, and for that reminder that the, the family of God that we're part of is not just the people that we see around us, but it is a family that stretches um, into countries that we might never have visited and in circumstances that we can't possibly understand, but we are all brothers and sisters together and, and we'll hold on to that. Thank you for that this morning. Um, and actually, it's, it's kind of what I'm going to be speaking about, actually. Um, we are in a series at the moment, um, um, looking at the, the work of the Holy Spirit. We started on Pentecost Sunday. Um, James spoke to us then, and then Archie spoke last week about how the Spirit empowers us to continue the ministry that Jesus started. And this morning, um, I've got an amazing passage um, to share with you and to um, explore together, um, which talks about how the Holy Spirit is the one who secures and assures us of our, um, that we are children of God, of our daughtership, of our sonship um, to God the Father. And so I'm going to dive straight in when I've found it, and we're going to go to our passage. Lots of things to hold, a microphone, glasses, iPad. Right. I haven't dropped any of them yet, so that's okay. Right, so we are today looking at a passage in Romans, Romans chapter 8. I'm going to start at verse 14. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him, we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. Great passage. I love that passage um, from the Bible. Um, it's written by St. Paul. It's a letter that he wrote to the church in Rome. And he wanted the um, Christians there to really know what they had in Jesus so that they didn't miss out on anything that was being given to them by Jesus's love, by his death on the cross, by his salvation, that they got to experience everything that was on offer to them. Um, now, we have um, some friends, and they told us a story some time ago of an um, experience that they'd had on holiday. Um, they were quite a young couple at the time. They didn't have a huge amount of money, but a friend of theirs bought them a holiday. Um, and they, it was a, it, they went off on this holiday, and it was one of those really nice holidays. It was the kind of place that they couldn't possibly have afforded to go themselves. Um, and yet this was an amazing gift for them. It was the sort of place that if you buy a Diet Coke at the bar, it costs you about a month's wages. That kind of a place, that kind of a holiday. And they didn't have very much money, but um, they knew it, like, their holiday included breakfast. 
And of course, in those sorts of places, you get one of those great kind of buffet continental breakfasts. So what they did was every morning they ate as much as they could in order to kind of tide them through the day. And you know, those breakfasts, sometimes they'll kind of let you sort of make up a sandwich or take a little bit of extra fruit to kind of keep you going. So that was how they kind of tackled the beginning of the day. And then um, come the evening, they would have a check through the menu and they kind of choose the cheapest option for, for like a main course. Nothing very fancy, no, no starter, no kind of dessert, just something like kind of really cheap. And they had, they were saying they had this most amazing week. It was a beautiful place, lovely weather. They really, really enjoyed themselves. Um, and then it was the day before they were due to go. They were checking out the following morning. So they thought, oh, we better just go through all the paperwork, make sure, um, you know, what we need to do for checkout, what time we need to go. And so it was a long time ago. So they had a printout of, of a sheet and um, they checked through all of what those details were. And as they were checking through, they suddenly realized what the holiday included. And it wasn't just bed and breakfast. It was bed and breakfast and evening meal. And the whole week, I know, it is, oh, isn't it? We feel for them. And the whole way they had skimped out and they had missed the evening meal. But I tell you, they did assure us that on that final night, they made the most of the starter, the main course, the dessert, just anything. They ate it all and massively enjoyed it. Um, God doesn't want us to miss out on what we already have in Christ. He doesn't want us to miss out on what Jesus has bought and paid for us by his sacrificial death on the cross. He wants us to know everything that is ours. And, and I don't know about you, but you might be like me and you need reminding of what we've got in Christ. I forget. I expect you might forget. Sometimes um, life circumstances come along that makes it hard for us to see our way to kind of know what we already have. So if you're maybe a bit unsure about what it is that, that Jesus offers us and has given us, um, and if you're feeling you don't know quite how that fits in with where you are in life at this morning, then, then my hope and my prayer is that the Holy Spirit will, will work in you, will do his work of securing you as a child of God and of assuring you of, um, of what that means. And so we're going to have a look at um, this little passage together. And we're going to look at um, three things. It is a sermon after all, so we are going to look at three things. Um, and the first thing um, is that, that God wants us to know who we are. It says, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. Sonship, daughtership, brought about your adoption. And Paul uses this word adoption and it meant something um, when he used it then, and it kind of means something quite powerful today. It speaks about a parent choosing a child that they have no obligation towards, but choosing to gather them into their family and to bestow on them all the rights and all the privileges of a child that is theirs by birth. Um, and many of us will have got some experience, possibly of adoption. Um, it might be that it's our own personal experience of um, being adopted or adopting. Or we might know people who um, have families who are formed by adoption. 
it can be, in reality, quite a challenging thing to happen, depending on what side you're on in all of this adoption. But at its best, it is a beautiful gift to give to a child. Um, And I can say that because um, my own personal experience is of being adopted. And I was adopted when I was a very small baby. Um, And my experience was that I um, I was taken from a place of being offered for adoption and I was chosen and I was placed into a family. Um, that loved me and valued me right from the very beginning. I have the privilege of a story that means that my, right from the very start, from my earliest memories, my stories was of being wanted and of being loved. And I know that that's actually a real privilege. Not everybody has that experience um, in life with, with their parents, but that was the one that was given to me. And of course, as a tiny baby, I was, I was a little baby. There was nothing I could do to bring about my adoption. I mean, I was just crying and sleeping. You know, there was nothing that I really had to offer. Um, but my parents chose me. It was a gift that was given to me. And I think maybe Paul uses this language of adoption because that speaks something of, of how God is with us. He adopts us into his family. He doesn't just happen by accident. It happens by intention. It's not because of anything that we could offer him or anything that we've done that um, earns it or because we're good enough or anything like that. It's because it is his gift to us. He chose to do that. And he, because it doesn't depend on us and it's a work of the Holy Spirit, it means that we're secure in that. It's not something that we can kind of lose Because the Holy Spirit did it, and he is why we are children of God, why we are daughters and sons of God. And we can be secure in that. This is our identity. And this is an identity that can't be shaken. We all have multiple um, different ways in which we're identified, um, you know, in relation to our families, in relation to our work, um, our gifts, the different things that we spend our time doing. And I expect um, most of us will have had an experience when the identity that we relied on is shaken and and disturbed by, um, by loss, by life circumstances, by illness, when we can't do what we always thought we could do. But our identity in Christ is something that cannot be shaken. When everything else surrounds us shakes and changes, we are loved and valued by God. That is how he sees us. We know that he loves and values us that much because he made the ultimate sacrifice by dying on the cross for us so that we might know him, we might know his forgiveness. And this kind of identity and this security is something that the Holy Spirit starts, but he also works in us in order that we might know that more deeply, in order that we might be more firmly planted in this identity so that when things come along and life changes and the circumstances change, that we are certain of our identity as a daughter, as a son of God, as a beloved daughter and son of God, something that can't be shaken. And alongside this, we are also, the passage tells us, we are heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Now, that means that we get kind of what Jesus gets. Now, um, 
I find that a bit mind-blowing, if I'm perfectly honest. I don't think I can quite get my head around that. There is, at the heart of it, a profound mystery and sort of awesomeness in that. And I think that's okay. I think it's okay that we can't understand everything about the way that God works. Um, because I guess if we could, we'd be God and we're not God. So, so the fact that it's difficult to get our heads around is okay. But there is something quite incredible about the way that God views us. And he wants us to know that. He wants us to live in the reality of that. He doesn't want us to be ignorant of what we already have. He wants us to enjoy it. He wants us to experience all of that. And so the second thing is he wants us to know who we are, but he also wants us to experience who we are. And so the passage says, it says in verse 15, the spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. But the spirit you receive brought about your adoption, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The love that God has for us is not one where there is a space for fear. It is the perfect love that drives out fear. He wants us to know that we are loved. And we're given permission here to speak of God in these two words, Abba and Father. Now, essentially, they mean the same thing. But actually, they have a different nuance of, of, of meaning. The word father speaks of our position in relation to God. He is our father and we are his children. It's a very, it's a kind of a, um, a secure positional relationship. We know that we can call him father. We know that we are his children. The word Abba speaks about the nature of that relationship. Um, and it's a word in the Aramaic language. It's a word in the language that Jesus spoke. And it's the word that he used when he talked about his father. He spoke to him as Abba. And it's the word that, um, that a child might use of their dad. It's a, it means papa. It means daddy. It's not a formal word of sort of position. It's an informal, loving, intimate word that speaks of a relationship of kind of honesty, where we can come just as who we are to the God who is our heavenly father. We can bring whatever we need to bring to him, whatever circumstance we are in, secure that we are his children. And he is the, the God who invites us to call him daddy. Um, and not keeping a barrier from us or, or something separate, but drawing us into himself. And that's the kind of relationship that he invites us into. And it's Father's Day today. I really enjoyed that video that we got to see from Home for Good, um, just reminding us about fatherhood. And for some of us, Father's Day, that's, that's a joyful, uncomplicated day. But for others of us, it's, it's got a bit more complication to it. It's difficult and there's sadness there because of those that we've lost or those who are absent or things that have never been. And it's complicated and difficult because some of those relationships are complicated and difficult and, and the way that we've been fathered has been problematic and destructive. 
And so we come with different experiences of fatherhood. Naturally, it can be different and difficult for us to understand quite how we relate to God as Father. And there might be stuff that we need to learn over a long period of time. I was talking to somebody just the other day and they said, you know, it's taken 30 years for me to see how God is Father in a way that is loving and accepting and wants the best for me. It's a long journey that we we might be on. But it's a journey that um, the Holy Spirit is with us as we journey, that he is helping us as we try to understand and experience God as the Father that we'd always wished for, the best Father there could possibly be. It's that kind of a Father that is our Heavenly Father, that one who always values us, who always has the best for us. Um, And Jesus, he told lots of stories um, while he was on earth. And he told one particular story about two sons and a father. And now the father was the same, but the way that the two sons experienced the father was different because of their life circumstances. And this story um, he tells, it's in um, Luke's account of um, of Jesus' life, in Luke's gospel in, in chapter 15. And there's a young son, and the young son says to his father, he says, I want to have everything now, all the stuff that I'm going to inherit when you die, I'd like to have it now. Slightly cheeky. Um, But the father, in his kindness and generosity, goes, yeah, okay, you can have that. And so the young son gets all the money that he was going to get when the father died, um, and he goes off, and essentially he just wastes it all on partying, and it's all gone before too long. And he comes to his senses, he says, comes to his senses and realises that actually he's made a right mess of stuff and he's going to go back to his father and he's going to say, actually, father, would you employ me as one of your servants? Because um, I realise you care for your servants and, and would you employ me as one of your servants? And so he heads back to the father and the father sees him coming from a long way off and he doesn't wait for him. He runs to meet him and he welcomes him. He embraces him and he welcomes him home and he puts on an incredible party and he um, puts on a robe and he just celebrates the son. And this father, we can see his generosity, his kindness, that he is for his son. And then there's an older son, same father, older son, who's stayed at home and he's worked for the father. And he comes along and he says to the father, this isn't fair, you know, I've carried, I've been here, I've worked away, I've done everything you needed me to, but I didn't get any of these things. And the father goes, but you've always been with me. Everything I have is yours. The father is just as generous, just as kind, just as for his son, but his son didn't realise what he had. He didn't realise what he was living in the middle of. The father is the same, but the way that those sons viewed him was different because of the circumstances they were in. And so our heavenly father is the same and he understands when we might find, because of our circumstances, difficulty in understanding quite what that means. Um, And the Holy Spirit works in us as we journey um, towards that. The passage assures us that the Holy Spirit testifies with our spirit that we're children of God. He works, he continues to work in us. He wants us to know this. This is his work every single day in us if we allow him to do that. And then thirdly, he wants us to share who we are. 
What is really clear in this passage is that as Paul is talking about us being children of God, it's always in the plural. We are children of God because we are the family of God. And so whatever kind of family we might be in at the moment, um, we are all, even through our differences, part of one family of God. We are brothers and sisters together. Whether or not we live in the same house, in the same street, whether we have the same life experiences, we are brothers and sisters together. And that means that we are in this life together. We are in this following of Jesus together. Um, We don't do it alone. And I know that sometimes I need people to remind me about what I have in Jesus You know, we get to a particular point in life and things might be really challenging and difficult and we need people alongside us to show us what we already have, where we already are. Um, A few years ago, we went on on holiday to Amsterdam, went to visit um, a church there called Oedekirk, which means old church, as you might have guessed from the name. And um, it had, as you went around, you could pick up an audio guide And I thought, you know what, I'll get the audio guide. Um, And as you walk around the church, you get to the different parts. So there's the pulpit and there's the organ. And as you get there, I could point the audio guide at the different objects. And it would tell me about them. So I could see what was in this building. But once I'd listened to somebody else telling me about it, I could see what was really there. I could understand the story. I could get everything I needed to get out of that experience. And it's like that for us in the family of God. We need people alongside us to remind us of what we've forgotten, to help us to see the way forward when we're struggling to know where to go. And in a a family, what binds us together, what we have in common is that we are all children of God. Um, In our lives, our circumstances might be different. You know, it's not, um, some of us might have more money than others. Some of us might have work and others don't have work. Um, Some of us have got good health. Some of us have got poor health. But in God's family, we all get the same amount of him. We all get the same amount of love of his, the same amount of compassion, the same amount of strength and Holy Spirit. Um, It doesn't matter what you've got in your physical life. In the spiritual life, we've, we've all got the same. There isn't any scarcity with God. There is abundance, and, and he wants to give it to us at all times. Um, and I'm struck this morning by what you shared, um, Levu, just about knowing what we have when the times are easy. Um, and as a family, um, I'm challenged that as, um, as a church family, we make sure that we, we know what we've got in the times that are easy. And we make sure we share that with one another and with those who are outside of the church. One of the ways in which we share it together is by gathering together either here in person or by part of the online church community, by gathering when we do in groups, by um, coming to Alpha by opening up the church um, for safe haven on a Wednesday and a Thursday and a Saturday, by being a family that gathers others in, by sharing our lives through um, the courses that we do, um, freedom and in bereavement and in mental health, by, by sharing our lives together and walking alongside one another. 
And I think our challenge as well is to share what we have, this precious gift of being a child of God with those who don't yet know that and, and doing that together. So this morning, we get, I think we get to celebrate, we get to celebrate this amazing work of the Holy Spirit that is all about his grace to us, all about his gift that we don't deserve this gathering in of all of us from whatever background we have into his family. This is what we get to experience and this is what we also get to come to him and, and ask him to, to know more of, to more deeply secure and plant us in. So I would love to pray for us now and so I'm going to invite you to stand if you're able.